Happy Wednesday, RV family. Welcome to the RV Connects podcast, where we take the mystery out of RVing with tips, tricks, and reviews that will give you the confidence to wander far from home and make the most of your yearly vacations. We're your hosts, Melina and Dan. And together with our two teenage daughters, we spend our time RVing across North America on a part-time basis, and we aim to answer all the questions you've always wanted to know about RVing, and maybe some you didn't even know to ask. Funnily enough, that brings us to episode five, which is our first episode dedicated to answering your listener questions. Today on the show, we'll be talking about solar power for your rig properly leveling your trailer or RV, my best stress-saving organization tip, and as promised in episode two, we have a review of the Happy Campers tank treatment, which may literally have saved our lives. And I don't mean this as in, it saved our lives, it's such a great product, you have to try it. Like, I mean, I think it literally saved our actual lives. So stay tuned for that. And if you haven't listened to episode two, where we mention the tank treatment, please do. It's been our most popular episode to date because we talk about all of the issues everyone has, but nobody wants to talk about when it comes to maintaining your RV. So tune into that if you want to get the full scoop on poop. Let's get into the meat of the episode, listener questions. So let's talk about solar power, Dan. Hi, so we got a really good question about solar power. And that question came after I had mentioned that bringing a battery charger was a good idea just to top up your deep cycle if you ever ever ran into trouble. And so then somebody asked, you know, thoughts on solar versus generators. And so what I would say is setting aside the ethical question about renewable versus non-renewable energy. If you're trying to decide between a generator or solar power for your rig, I think you need to start with what do you want to do with your rig and what do you want to run? Do you want to run your air conditioner? Do you just need to charge a phone? Do you just want to run the lights? Do you need to run the toaster, the microwave? Once you determine what your power needs are, then I think you can start to work backwards from there and decide which source of power that you want to use. So for example, you can add in solar power and depending on how much power you want, that means you need to add more batteries and install those to the rig. That means that you have to add more weight and take up some of your storage space. With all that being said, the benefit to solar power is that assuming the sun is shining on your trip, you don't need to worry about topping up on gas or going empty in that respect. The advantage to a generator is that a generator will give you a consistent supply of power. It will give you enough power to power everything in your rig, run your air conditioner, your fridge, hot water tank, all of those kind of devices. And so if that's important to you, then maybe you want to consider going to a generator. The downside to a generator is that you have to provide some mechanical maintenance to it. You're going to have to top up the gas, check the oil. You've got to get it started. And so all of that takes a little bit of work. Um, And they're kind of loud. And they can be loud. Now there's you know, lots of different generators on the market. Some are quiet, some are noisy, but Molina's right that some of those can be loud and it kind of takes away from the whole aspect of connecting with nature and being an RVer. In fact, a lot of uh, dispersed camping sites or boondocking sites like out in the middle of nowhere, even on public lands, they will have rules about generator use and they'll have quiet hours, say between the hours of, you know, 10 and 6 or something where you can't run a generator. So a lot of those sites that we've certainly seen, you know, out in the middle of Utah, you're in the desert. So not being able to have that generator run overnight might be an issue. You might get a bit of a breeze, but that's something definitely to be aware of. There might be situations where you actually can't run that generator overnight. Yep. 
and so I think time of the year is important to consider as well. We live in Ontario. The girls go to school uh, throughout fall, winter, and spring. And so summer vacation for them is July and August. And that means we have to do most of our big trips in July and August. And that usually means heat. And because of that, and wanting to be able to boondock and make some time up along the way, we've decided that the generator works well for us because that lets us run the air conditioner. Mm-hmm. I think if you're more interested in in solar options, what I would suggest is pour yourself a cup of coffee on Saturday morning, punch solar powered RV into YouTube, and you're going to get a lot of good technical information and a lot of different setups that you could consider before you go and get that installed on your rig. Awesome. So with that brief overview, how about leveling? Leveling. This question comes from Marjorie and Coach Ben, who wanted us to talk about leveling. Now, leveling is really important, and it's not just because you don't want to roll out of bed in the middle of the night. Having a level trailer or a level RV is important because it helps the functioning of your fridge and your air conditioner. And so if you don't have a level rig, the coolant within your refrigerator and the chemicals in your air conditioner don't circulate properly. That doesn't allow for those two devices to function properly and they'll prematurely wear out and those can be expensive repairs to make. So for a few dollars spent on leveling devices for your trailer or your RV, you can prevent a high cost repair in the future. So can't I just take my stabilizing jack stand and jack the trailer out? No, you cannot just take your stabilizing stands and jack the wheels off the ground to level everything up because they're not leveling jacks, they're stabilizing jacks. And so what you should do is get your unit level and then put down your stabilizing jacks. And that just takes out... The motion from the ocean. Exactly. (laughs) The... The little bit of the the shifting of the unit as you walk up and down the floor and, and that kind of thing. So how do you level then? So... You can get leveling crescents, you can get self-leveling blocks. We use a a Camco product that does a lot like a Lego block. You could even just cut pieces of wood in your garage and use those. But basically what you're going to do is pull onto your site, figure out which side needs to come up, put some leveling blocks under those tires, pull onto the leveling blocks, pull out a small level and see if you're level. We like to use the Lego type blocks, not just because we can level and we can adjust the height, but we can also put those underneath the stabilizing pads or under the the tongue jack in case we need a little bit of extra height as well to help those two things out. So they kind of serve more than one purpose for us. What I like about those leveling blocks is we tend to encounter some really, really unlevel sites. And the way that you stack those together, like level blocks, you're almost making a ramp as you're stacking them. What I would suggest and what we certainly do is we actually have two sets of those blocks. We did have one set for ages, but found that we needed to supplement from time to time with wood just to give us the height we needed on some sites. And also to make sure we have extra blocks to go underneath the stabilizing jacks so having two sets for us has been really beneficial and is a whole lot easier than trying to go up on a very um you know tall piece of wood and having it spin out from underneath your tires and it just removes a lot of the headache from the leveling process Yep, and there's really no right or wrong device. Whether you're going to use wooden blocks you made yourself or leveling crescents or the Lego type blocks that we have, there's no right or wrong device. What I would say is that that's a small price to pay for the repair that you're going to eventually need to your fridge or your air conditioner down the road. So for less than $100, you can certainly get yourself leveled and it doesn't take you very much time once you arrive at the campsite. Mm -hmm. So to check if you're actually level, we actually use our fridge to check for level. When we arrive, we think we've got everything level we will actually take our small bubble level our torpedo level and we will place it inside the fridge both side to side front to back to make sure that that's level as well as checking like you know somewhere in the middle of the trailer on the ground and one thing I 
will mention is we've kind of learned this over the years of just eyeballing our trailer is that, you know, we may lift the door side up and we've got a quite a large slide on the other side and it might look that the door side is still a little bit low, but we know roughly how much gain or how much height we're going to get when we push that slide all the way out it actually will force some weight onto the other side of the trailer and we have had that we've learned that the hard way I guess is that we've leveled the door side way too high and then when we put the slide out it tips the scales so that we're off where we should be enough that we have to like get off the blocks and start again so that's something to be aware of if you have one or two or more slides on your trailers just kind of know how that weight disposition works and figure out from there you can kind of reduce the height that you're putting underneath those opposite wheels to get that level result at the end. The other thing I would say too is if you've been at a site for a couple of days and it's gravel or sandy, don't be afraid to go out and check your stabilizing Mm -hmm. jacks just to make sure that things haven't settled. I think if you camp in an RV park and you're on a cement pad, you really don't need to worry about it. But, you know, if you're on softer ground, things will settle and just, you know, an extra quarter turn or a turn into things will just stiffen everything back up and you'll be fine. But it shouldn't be something that you're intimidated by. We actually ran into a nice lady a couple of weeks ago when we were at Selkirk who only chose pull-through sites because she drove around the site just to try and find a level spot as opposed to just leveling off the trailer. So I think you'll just make your whole campsite experience a bit better if you can level off for the five minutes of time that it takes at the beginning of your arrival Mm -hmm. setup and this lady we actually ended up lending her a couple of leveling blocks to get her level instead of trying to you know take her fifth go around on this round roundabout and going through this pull through to try to level herself off so i'm pretty sure that one of the first spots she stopped on the way home was probably a canadian tire or somewhere like that to get some leveling blocks so uh definitely we can't recommend them enough but again always level off the wheels do not use your stabilizing jacks they will buckle they will bend and you will end up spending a whole lot more money to fix them that's probably the top tip that I would give on leveling, especially for new RVers. Yep. Level front to back and side to side and you'll be just fine. Now you wanted to talk about organization a bit? Yeah. So earlier this week, I put an organizing tip or I put a photo of of one of our hacks that we use for organizing inside the trailer, which is a great tip. You can uh, go on Instagram at RV Connects and check that out if you want to see an image. But basically, it led to a broader conversation of organization within the trailer. And I was thinking of all the various hacks and organization tricks we've added to the trailer over the years, which, you know, stay tuned because we'll do episodes on those later. But one of the things I realized that I would not do again, and this was kind of a product of me being so excited that we had just upgraded this trailer to something that had a bathroom and a shower. I basically trolled the aisles of Target for hours looking for dishes and, you know, cute little accessories and whatnot to put in the RV. But what I did, which was a massive mistake, is that I got matching towels, which I was super excited about. Oh, look, it's a matching set. It's great. But that was probably the worst mistake I've ever made. Because when you have a small trailer, and you've got not a lot of room to hang towels independently, they end up getting just, you know, thrown over the trim of the RV slide or over doors or on hooks, but every towel looks the same. So then we end up with like, oh, this is my towel. And now it's wet. Why is it wet? And trying to figure out whose towel belongs to who. And there's nothing kind of worse than stepping out of the shower and grabbing a towel you think is yours and already is wet from somebody else. So that's my, I guess, organization don't do trick like I know it looks pretty to have all these matching towels but maybe however many people in your family you have or guests just buy different color towels for every person and then they will remember so that is my my trick not to do I guess yep great tip towels are just like toothbrush everybody has their own color yeah we've gone through that 
we just bought new toothbrushes and I'm not even going to say why, but you can guess. They don't need to know about our toothbrush. Everybody needs to know about toothbrush problems. Okay. So that's our listener questions for this episode. If you have a question you'd like to ask or something you'd like us to cover on a future episode, you can connect with us on Instagram at RV Connects. Just send us a direct message on there, or you can log on and send us an email to hello at rvconnects.com. And you will find all of our show notes, blogs, recipes, campground reviews, you name it also on our website at rvconnects.com. So maybe have a look at that while you're at it. And now we get into the review that we promised you in episode two of the Happy Camper Tank Treatment. When I say it literally saved our lives, like it literally saved our lives. In episode two, we talked about the geo method, which was a mix of Calgon uh, water softener and dish detergent and water that gets mixed into your tank to clean the sensors. However, Calgon is no longer sold in Canada for a couple of years now, I found out. And you can substitute with borax, but borax seems to be sold out literally everywhere. So what we did instead was we ordered the happy campers from the Canadian distributor out in Alberta. It arrived very, very quickly, which was awesome. And what we did is we put the Happy Campers treatment into both our black and our gray tank before coming up to the current trip we're on right now. And we filled our tanks to what, about two thirds full? Yep, yep. two thirds. And we drove up here with it to kind of let it slosh around and do its thing while we were driving. And then we dumped when we got to the park we're at now. And we've just, we've done one dump since then. And we'll tell you how that went. But I had read a lot of reviews. People love this stuff. It's just, it seems to be kind of marketed as like the miracle tank treatment. And one of the things that I had seen on a lot of the reviews is people had said that it had taken, you know, up to two weeks to kind of take the smell out of the tanks. So when I went in after setting up, I guess a couple hours after setting up, and I noticed kind of a sewery kind of rotten smell, I was like, oh, man, is this like, just the extra residue kind of cleaning out. And, you know, I went in and out of the trailer a couple of times. And I thought, you know, this isn't right. Like there's, it, it never smells like this. Like if this is the way Happy Campers is going to smell, it's pretty gross. So I started, you know, tracing lines, like sewer lines to try to see like, is there a leak underneath the sink? There's like a bit of a cheater valve. Like, is that leaking? Like, what is the problem? And I literally ended up like crawling on my hands and knees underneath the kitchen sink. And I was tracing the sewer line from the sink that goes to the bathroom, which kind of crosses by the stove. And I don't know. I mean, normally I can pick out the smell of propane guys, but for some reason, it smelled differently, or just my brain was was already on black water maintenance or gray, stinky gray tanks and stuff. So as I kind of crawled on my hands and knees past the stove, uh, the smell was overwhelming. And I realized at some point, one of the burners for the propane stove had been bumped while we were setting up, which was probably about like three or four hours earlier. So the, the trailer was basically full with propane at this point. And, you know, part of me almost like just shrugged it off before I started investigating this in like, oh, no, it's fine. We'll give it a day. We'll see how it goes. Like, because I'm a bit of a worrier. So I always tend to overthink things. And I decided, no, no, this is this something about this isn't right. So I basically found this gigantic propane leak. And we basically opened up all the windows and turned on all the fans for the rest of the day. And there was still even a little bit of a tinge of it at bedtime, but uh, certainly had cleared out a lot by the morning. But if I hadn't have done that, chances are, because we don't use our stove inside like almost ever, we probably wouldn't have noticed it. And uh, yeah, there would be no more RV Canucks. So um, in that regard, Happy Camper literally probably saved our lives. And now as far as how it works, how do you think? I think it's awesome. I think it worked really well. Tell them about those tank sensors, honey. 
okay, this is super exciting because as we mentioned in episode two, you know, about knowing your tanks, ever since we've got this trailer, one third has been the lowest reading we've ever got on the black tank. So we know that when we leave a park and we empty, if it reads one third, it's more or less empty. And I'm not kidding you, we got our first empty notification when we dumped. This is the first time it's ever happened. So our sensors are like lickety clean on that black water. That has never happened. It broke down stuff that must have been sitting in the tank forever. So that was something super, super, super exciting for us. Now, that being said, I did get a comment on Instagram about the happy campers that somebody we know who's also on the road with an older rig had said it it didn't work for them. And that person, you know, didn't have the benefit of a black water flush out, which we do. But if you don't, if you have an older tank and you really need to get the pressure in there to just kind of clean out some of the gunk and remove those poo pyramids that tend to form inside your tank, you know, something like a Camco Rhino Blast where you can actually shoot water up inside the tank and, and give it a little agitation to get some of that stuff out will probably help you. But I am finding, you know, the smell, I mean, smell has never been a huge issue for us, even traveling in the desert in, you know, 44 degree weather for a month at a time. But I definitely notice a distinct lack of scent of any kind you know when you're uh, emptying before we dumped I added extra water in to our tank because it was only about one third full so I kind of stood there with the pedal on on purpose to kind of open up that valve and see if anything was kind of coming back and hitting me and I could definitely notice a, a lack of a lack of uh, issue as far as smell is concerned so I'm super happy with it so far the key to this product is diluting it in water first so it's a very fine powder I just stuck the the stopper in the kitchen sink and mixed it, you know, with a spoon in the sink and then just remove the stopper and let it flow down. And the same thing with the toilet. So you're actually killing two birds with one stone. So you're cleaning the toilet as well as sanitizing the tank. So you actually just fill the toilet bowl with water, put your scoop of happy campers in and swish it around with a toilet brush and it'll actually help you clean the toilet at the same time, flush it down and you're done. Yep, I just think this is the biggest stress reliever ever. There's going to be no more conversations about did everything come out of the tank? Do we have a blockage? Are we holding people up trying to run the black water flush out? I just think it cleans everything out down there and I think it'll make departures so much easier and you get you really get a ton of doses in the container that they sent us. We got I think it's 18 40 gallon measures. Maybe we'll toss it in the show notes later. Yeah, we'll toss it in the show notes. I, I purposely bought the smaller or the smallest container they have just to check it. But definitely I can tell you like a bucket is coming home with us the next time because I'm surprised. I'm really, really surprised because a lot of people say this works, that works, but like this really works. So two thumbs up from us. And we don't, I mean, happy campers, we don't get any money back from them. We just think it's fantastic. So if you're considering ordering it, you can get it in the States and Canada. I did actually hear that a few Walmarts in Canada, especially in Ontario, do carry it. That isn't the case in our local area, but you can order it online. um, And I will put the link to the website for for the happy campers, both the US and the Canadian sites in our show notes today. So that's it. Yep. Thanks for listening, folks. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.